Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome. This is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. I'm going to tell you, I think what I did is I posted my streaming time incorrectly when I posted my show. So I'm about 15 minutes earlier than I would normally be. So that's uh, kind of unusual. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, um, my goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic violence and abuse. I am pre, I'm not pre-recording. Um, actually, I'm earlier than I expected. And so um, if you can call in, um, you're more than welcome to do so. But it would have to be, since you're probably not on yet, since my show typically doesn't start for another 15 minutes. But you can call at 917-889-8078 if you'd like to speak to me concerning the topic tonight and our guest. If you're listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me, uh, email me at shereencwr at gmail.com. Let me spell my name for you, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And I don't have any shout-outs tonight. I actually haven't thought about it. Um, I typically would shout-out to Trevor because he's always helping me put together my radio show at work. So it's pretty cool. I would like to remind everyone that our show is every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, except for some reason it's uh, right now. And um, my show can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you subscribe to those services, that's that's if you subscribe to those services. If you want direct link to the services, you can go to the CWR homepage on the website cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And we will go to a public service announcement. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Okay, before I tell you the name of my um, guest tonight, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she has an AA from Allen Hancock Junior College in Santa Maria, California. She has a BA from the uh, from Brigham Young University, Provo, Utah. She has an MED from University of Phoenix and is working on her Ph.D. from Grand Canyon University. She advocates for domestic violence and abuse victims and survivors. She facilitates classes, has four Facebooks dedicated to DVA, writes books on the subject, blogs on the subject. 
She life coaches DVA victims and survivors in healing through the use of writing, reading, and music, especially victims who are arrested. She life coaches those. Um, that's her specialty. Dissertation is on, on the subject of domestic violence and abuse, holds DVA conferences, works with facilitators all over the world, extracts victims from their DVA home, and is a radio show host to this show. So you probably guessed who it is. It is me. I have decided that um, today um, I wanted to talk about some different issues. Uh, there's been a lot of issues that's been um, brought up lately, and so it's really hard to pinpoint one. But one that came up today, and I want to talk about it, is can abusers love? Now, you know, that's probably, uh, believe it or not, that is actually a iffy subject, Um the first thing you'd really have to do is define love, I guess, right? And who you're going to uh, love. So let's say, let's start with victims. Let's just start there. We'll we'll work our way around. Um, do abusers love victims? Now, I actually had people today tell me that abusers were capable of love. And I struggle with that. I mean, I can't even wrap my brain around it. And I'll tell you why. Because... Abusers have to love themselves first. And how can a person love themselves if they mistreat other people? And so I guess some contention might be, well, um, those they don't mistreat, they could love them, right? Well, I don't know. Um, Domestic violence perpetrators are very ill. So let me share with you some of my writings on um, and research on domestic violence perpetrators. So the first area is the cluster A. Now, just so you know, personality disorders are divided into three clusters, cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C. So you'll hear about cluster Bs all the time. Narcissist, narcissist, narcissist. I'm sorry, people. There's a whole lot more out there than narcissists. But everybody wants to just put a big stamp on everybody's forehead that they think is uh, an abuser and call them a narcissist. Okay, and I have to also share with you some pet peeves. If you tell me that someone is just barely a narcissist or someone's a full-blown narcissist, then I will tell you you know nothing about narcissists. Either you are a narcissist or you are not. You are not barely a narcissist or just have a little bit of narcissism or you have a full... Uh, this one guy said to me one time, my wife, my ex-wife was a full-blown narcissist. And I said, and I can tell you one thing, that you don't know anything about narcissism. Because there's no such thing as a full-blown narcissism or narcissist. Um, the DSM-5 is what I use for my reviews and what I look up and what I use for school. And nowhere in there does it say full-blown narcissism. It says this is what narcissism is. So just in case maybe you might be wrong on whether they're a narcissist or not, we're going to discuss that as well. So we're going to start with cluster A and cluster B. I'm not going to bother with cluster C because they are um, hardly ever, if at all, ever um, perpetrators of domestic violence. But cluster A and B are. That being said, I'm also going to be talking about behavior because behavior disorder is also um, a problem of <clears throat> of that. So before we start in on whether they can love, let's talk about the disorders that these people have. Now, of course, you know that this is a learned behavior and it's usually learned by a family member, father, mother, so forth. Okay. So a cluster A 
is known as the odd or eccentric uh, cluster. Uh, it's found in men and women, and it declines with age. This personality disorder includes paranoid, schizoid, schizopal, I probably said that wrong, but that's how I say it, and the behaviors associated with these are cognition, uh, distortions, suspiciousness, mistrust of others, extreme jealousy, and possessiveness. Now, I got this from the DSM-5 2017, and also, I'm, I don't know how to say his name, Aaron Saft, 2006. This cluster is found in both male and female abusers, so be aware that cluster A is equally yoked, it looks like. Okay, so cluster B. This is cluster B of personality disorders. Um, it's known as the dramatic or the erratic cluster. We know a lot of those, don't we? So this includes narcissistic, antisocial, histrionic, or borderline personalities. I call them sociopaths, but they say antisocial, so they're being nice. <clears throat> Um, the behaviors associated with these clusters are known as um, dysregulation of emotion, aggression, anger, reactionary, and the possibility of having high stress levels. This cluster is most associated with abusive behavior. This personality disorder is more prevalent in violent men than violent women. So those that have full-blown narcissistic y, XYs, most likely it wasn't but not necessarily, okay? Narcissism is associated with uh, Machiavellianism, grandiose, self-ego, manipulative, deceptive, interest only in self. So if you have a narcissist and they do fit that category, did you see the part where it said interest only in self? Okay, so that doesn't mean that they can't be interested in someone else, but interest only in self. Okay, so we're getting past that. Cluster C is known as dependent, avoidant, and obsessive-compulsive. Okay, this cluster alone has no affiliation with DVA. Oh, you know what? I wasn't going to discuss cluster C, was I? Okay. Um. So when I'm talking about narcissism, narcissism is totally self-centered behavior. Everything is very all about them. So uh, antisocial, sociopathic is uh, actually sociopathic, very antisocial. People that are antisocial are typically, uh, can be abusers. Um, borderline personality are the type that rage. Um, when I'm describing those, they typically rage. Histrionic are really drama-oriented type people. So that's kind of how you can tell whether you got them. Now, that being said, personality disorders are not defined to just one personality disorder per person. They could have one. They could have two. They could have three. They could have all four. And, um, and when personality disorders... Um, don't fit the the mark you may have a behavioral disorder so let's talk about some behavioral traits of um, behavioral disorders that are abusive i use uh jaffe j-a-f-f-e 2015 
and he um, says that he found uh, to the behavior traits that Jeffy found um, acerbate DVA include uh, emotional intelligence and aggressive tendencies. He discovered that a lack of emotional self-regulation, empathy, were directly related to four aggressive behaviors, physical aggression, verbal aggression, anger, and hostility. These, uh, this lends itself to DVA perpetration. Since men have a higher rate of aggressive physical behaviors, his findings are gender-based, which means he basically, his um, study was done on men, is what that would mean. His study examines the multifaceted construct of aggression. He used only males for his study because it has been discovered that perpetration of physical aggression typically originates with males, whereas when females get physically a physical, it is a re- in response to physical aggression. So let me let me talk about that for a minute. Okay, so I know I know all of you are saying I know some very abusive women. Okay, but let's talk about that for maybe two minutes. So, you know, abusive women, what does that tell you? <clears throat> that tells you one of two things. What did he do? First, this is always my question. This upsets everybody that I talk to, and they call me a man-hater. No, I actually, in fact, love men, all of them, and I really enjoy their company. And But I'm looking at it from a realistic um, academic viewpoint. So, if 96% of all deaths occur are female, then 4% of all deaths are male. So, deaths require a physical altercation, correct? Okay, so, I'm sure men don't go out and say, hey, I'm going to kill my wife, or I'm going to kill my girlfriend, or I'm just going to beat her to a pulp, and she's going to end up in a coma and then eventually die. Uh, That's not how that works. But that's the facts. So, if 96% of domestic violence are women, 96% of all men, uh, of all um, DV altercations that are physical are most likely men. So, of course, yes, this is a hypothesis, but it's uh, not far off. So I love it when people say, well, no, it's 50-50. Well, let's talk about the 50-50 first. So women react. I'm going to get to the can abusers love. Believe me, I'm working my way there. I'm doing it the um, <laughs> the qualitative way, I guess. Anyway, so let's talk about first um, the why women become physical. Now, Remember I said 4% and you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's not the case. It's a whole lot more than that. Women react, victims react to abuse. Perpetrators know how to get them to react. So if you see a woman hit hit a guy, you know, what did he just say to her? What did he just do to her? Those should be the questions in your mind, not like, oh, my gosh, she's disgusting. Okay, because have you ever seen an abuser, seriously, haul out a man? Have you ever seen a man haul out and hit a woman in public? No. Abusers typically do everything behind closed doors. We all know that. That's not even a secret. Okay, so like I said, 
people think that um, because I go, I don't really go after the men. I say, what did he do? So pe- women just don't go out and hit men uh, in public or in private. <clears throat> you know, sometimes in private, yes. But if you saw it, it would be in public, right? Okay. So that's that should be the first question. But law enforcement are always like, it doesn't really matter. She hit him. Well, what did he just do? Did he just poke her? Did he just pinch her? Did he, what did he do? This is where questions should be. No one reacts in public. Abusers are too good. They don't react physically in public, typically. Okay, so we have the Ray Rice thing where he beat the crap out of her in an elevator, but no one saw it, right? It was kind of in private, so he thought, until her half-dead body fell out of the elevator. Okay, so that's where we're at. Starting at that point, let's talk about can abusers love. Now, I'm going to tell you, um, there are some really good uh, academic articles, but there is this one on Psychology Today that I really, really enjoyed. So, you can find this on Psychology Today. It says, what does love have to do with domestic abuse? And this is by Anna Nogales, Ph.D., And um, so her comments are really, really good. Um, She explains that when we enter a serious relationship, we look at all the positives, don't we? We look at absolutely all the positives. And we look at um, the things they do for us. We ignore the small little things that they, that seem to be negative attributes or, or, you know, we may just seem that they may, we just may feel that they're insignificant, which, are they insignificant? Yes, they are insignificant sometimes. When we fall in love, we have all this dopamine running through our veins, right? And we just think that these guys are the best things since sliced bread. And then we start to see the unkindness coming out after we found the man of our dreams and the person we want to spend our future with. And someone we think is our best friend. And when we do this, we start to become very close to them. Emotionally, physically, psychologically, in every way, we become very close to them. And then it's when they start to hit us with the verbal abuse. It's very, very mild at first. Oh, I don't like what you're wearing. Can't you change that? I don't like your weight. Can you change that? The color of your hair. Let's let's kind of get rid of that. So it's always something. It's always something. And as we get closer, it begins to get as as we it become more committed to the relationship. And this is what I tell everybody: as soon as that ink is dry, the abuse will start. Some people say, oh, it starts earlier. Yeah, but you have to be that good to recognize it. If you're not that good, then you're not going to recognize it, and they're going to make sure that you don't. So what we do is I look for someone who raises their voice a little bit, changes the elevation of their voice. So if it goes up, I know they're getting a little angry. Is it for good reason? I don't know. Is there a good reason to get angry? 
I don't think so. So you just watch the little things, um, the little comments of maybe some. you need to change something. No. Girlfriend, you don't need to change nothing. You look fine. You're okay. This is going to be just fine, and you are just fine the way you are. And then it will start to escalate. Anyone who emotionally abuses, psychologically abuses, will eventually begin to physically abuse. And that's what happened to me. His first two wives, well, the second wife, I know he would never um, physically abused because he's, she told me he would never hit me. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. And um, after, you know, beating the crap out of me in more ways than one, uh, he... Uh, he escalated into physical abuse, didn't he? So that was uh, a change of heart and thought process on that one. Anyway, so as we become closer to them, um, we want that connection. We're grabbing that connection. Um, we perhaps uh, generosity, passion, and a great sense of humor as positive traits. We love that about them. Maybe it's the way your partner is used to make you feel and uh, when you were first together loved valued respected now add into the pot the way your partner treats you when he or she gets angry the violent threats the disrespectful name calling the abusive language the slaps or punches i'm sure as soon as they slap you uh whatever, or punches you. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Don't take me so seriously. Stirring those things into the pot is like stirring poison into an appetizing meal. Now, this is according to uh, Anna Nogales, and I agree with her 10,000%. So you're adding poison into your very healthy ingredients. Do you now have a healthy meal? You have an unhealthy meal. You have a meal that cannot be eaten. Poison, the abuse, the violence, and the hurt has spoiled everything else in the pot. If you partake of what is now in the pot, it will harm you. And this, my friends, is why they sometimes say that women become um, mental or have mental disorders such as PTSD, um, anxiety, depression, uh, suicidal ideation, um, low self-image, etc. So they are poison and they poison you. So let's Anna goes into learning to turn away from the abusive relationship is not always easy. Okay. Many survivors of domestic violence have told me that one of the most difficult obstacles to leaving an abusive relationship is confusion over what constitutes abusive behavior. Now, if you have an argument with your husband, are you just going to leave? No. And uh, my favorite question I've ever been, I've ever received is, do you just want to change him? Okay. So this is my um, attitude, and I'll tell you my cousin's attitude. Both are very well written. Um, I say it's called bait and switch, which is a marketing term. They bait you with something different other than what is true, and they switch to the real them once you're married. (laughs) My cousin, however, says false advertising. It is absolutely false advertising. So would we have seen it in the beginning? Sometimes not. Sometimes absolutely not. So. 
we have to, the first thing we look at is what is abusive behavior? Uh, what constitutes that? So, and I know I say so a lot. Um, sorry. <clears throat> it's really not just the small things. And we try to get used to how this person is and living with this person, which is difficult as it always is at the beginning of a relationship or a marriage. And um, so, but that's when we start to find out what they're really like. I do have to say I've been very ill, so I'm uh, working through this being very ill. Um, If someone hits you, that's interpreted by most people as abusive, right? But Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse is not. Sexual abuse absolutely is. So what about the love between you and your partner, which you feel is still there? If you, there is any still there, do you think that's... I'm sorry, I keep having to cough. Okay. Um, so, or the promises he or she makes to change their behavior. How do you weigh such factors that seem to modify or cancel out a partner's violent episodes? Or do you cancel them out? Why would you cancel them out? Okay. So, can you love someone who hits you? Can you love someone who degrades you, minimizes you, makes you don't matter, makes you feel that you don't matter. That's always one of my biggest issues. I have to feel like I matter in in the relationship. Uh, so, you know, that you're ugly, that you are overweight, that you, whatever it is that they use. You need to feel that you're cared about. Now, do you just fall out of love with that person? You know, we don't. Those who are healthy, or what I can say, semi-healthy because of the poison that we have just been induced with, we love people. We know how to love. We know how to give that love. We know how to um, reciprocate love. We We know all of that problem is is these people who as I explained before were very degrading minimizing hurtful um, what else did I say um, violent angry reactionary uh, emotional aggression Uh, dysregulation, deceptive, manipulative, grandiose, self-ego, interested in only self. Can that person love anyone? Let me ask you this. This is my favorite question. Can someone love themselves if they mistreat others? Can someone truly love themselves? if they mistreat others. So this is in a 
in an intimate relationship, right, that I'm talking about right now. We haven't gotten into the other one. An abusive partner may promise to change or give any reason to justify the violent or intimidating behavior. And at times, those promises and reasons may seem to make sense. We want to give them that extra trust. We want to trust them again. We want to believe in them again, right? Which is why we may need a strong support system, including a counselor specialized in domestic abuse, to help us draw the line between acceptable and abusive behavior. And I'll be honest with you, right now, 1,000%, had I not had the situation I was in, I would absolutely have went back to my uh, husband at the time after he beat the crap out of me because I loved him so much, I trusted him so much, and I know he would have said, oh, I won't do it anymore. Um, That's not true. I loved him very, very much, and I had to realize that my love was misused, my love was abused, my love was mistreated, and manipulated so that I would be with him. And that being said, it's taken a ton, a ton of work to forgive him for what he has done to me. That doesn't make any of the abuse go away. That doesn't make any of the PTSD go away. It doesn't make any of the anxiety go away. But what it does do is it frees inside of me that part that was holding on to thinking he ever could love. A person who mistreats people cannot love themselves, so they can't love other people. Let me ask you this. If an abuser abuses a, a wife, will they abuse the children? Do they abuse the children? They typically, yes, abuse the children. Uh, the family... There's several families that I've worked with. One family would choose one person to totally pick on, and all the siblings would pick on that person. And that is hard. Never feeling love from your parents who mistreated you. Never feeling love from your siblings who mistreated you. And living in that situation, just wanting to feel loved. Parent who is, that is not miss, not picking on the other children, say they have this one child that they pick on, do they really love the other children? Or do they just use the other children to manipulate that one child that has to be their victim? And I'm not saying all families just pick one person. That's not the case. I've seen families pick two out of four. I've seen them pick uh, one out of four. I, I've seen uh, all different variations. But my question is to you is this. Do they really love the children they're not picking on? That they're not abusing? And are they really not abusing them? Do they abuse them but it's just overlooked? These are questions you have to ask yourself. The bottom line is an abuser will abuse basically whoever's in front of them. And you're saying, well, oh, they got friends. No, people 
um, my ex-husband doesn't have friends. He'll call people his friends. But they are people who fear him. They are people he can manipulate. They are people who he can lie to and they will believe him. They are people he can get to do things to his victims that he can't get anyone else to do. Is that love? Is that friendship? No. So do they love their friends? No. Do they love their children? No. Do they love their spouse? No. An abuser cannot love anyone until they first love themselves. And the only way they can love themselves is by making changes. Now, I had a district attorney assistant say one day in a meeting that I was with her, she said, oh, I know, Shereen, you just want to throw away the key. Okay, not the case. I do not want to throw away the key when it comes to abusers. And she never even consulted with me on that. Or I would have told her absolutely not the case. The case is, I don't think that they can be changed. So lining them up and shooting them is, I think, the only thing that's going to fix them. But that being said, there are different methods out there. And I had Stacy Womack from uh, Abuse Recovery Ministry Services that has one way, has a, a great um, recidivative rate. Um, I work with another group, PICTAR. They, too, have um, a program that they use to help uh, abusers that they say is very, very good. So is there something out there to help them? Yes. And I'm sure it works because these people have a learned behavior of abuse. Anything that's learned can be unlearned. Is it difficult? Yes, it is difficult to do. Can they do it? Absolutely. Okay, since I set my time incorrectly on my on my show, my time is running down. So I'm going to make this short tonight. I did want to talk about several other subjects, but we're just going to talk about that one. Um, That is my belief, my feeling. If you disagree with me, I'm fine with that. Please um, email me um, and let's talk about it. Again, my email is shereencwr at gmail.com. So it's S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have um, anything more to say about that. And um, in closing, what I'd like to say is please stay safe. If you feel your abuser loves you, I'm glad for it. The abuser can love his children. I hope that's the case. Let's pray for them for sure. Love to all. Have a good night.